0: Moving on to segment three for episode 12 on season five of the Clagato Veteran podcast with the theme of Dineh Utopia. Uh, This one is number three, Navajo Financial System. And this segment is about the capitalism process that made the Navajo Nation what it is today while considering what programs like a 638 or a nonprofit group could be worth, uh, investing in. So basically all I'm just trying to say is if we're trying to reach that state of having a utopia, now this is not really based off of anything other than how I would like this, um, this nonprofit and all these modern advances that we got advancements in technology and and living and, oh, excuse me. And, um, just kind of just being everyday modern humans kind of having that, uh, path to follow. So that way in 102 years, you know, I just would like to see that not, not so much that it's followed what I'm doing, but it's being, um, adopted, and other people are putting their spin on it. So it'll no longer be my thoughts, my theories, my ideas, my concepts, my storyline, my narrative, you know, everybody's going to have their own saying it and make it look better as time goes on. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, there's got to be, you know, finances behind it. So is my whole point. And the, uh, having a Navajo financial system, uh, me and my former, uh, co-host Navajo Pedro, we talked about this in season one about a Navajo banking system and, um, or Navajo banking corporation. That would be really interesting. Now I do know that there was a video I seen about when that, uh, Silicon Valley bank, when that whole thing went under, uh, a few months ago, I mean, a few weeks ago, and the, the government came over to bail them out. Well, one of the things about that was that they said that those Silicon Valley banks weren't backed by the federal deposit, something, something, FDIC. But even though they weren't a part of that, uh, they, they still got money back from the government. So I was like, damn, man, that's messed up because they were... Uh, all that Silicon Valley bank—we're all backing all these protests and riots and stuff like that—and just like what people been saying, go woke, go broke. So they definitely—I mean, that's like the ultimate definition right there, man. They—they they went broke because they—they went woke, and then here, you know, the government because it's all crooked anyways. They um, they're bailing those guys out, giving them money and shit like that, and it's like, but they weren't even part of that program and. The thing about that program the FDIC from my understanding is that it you know that it'll cover you up to $200,000 if you lose anything below that the FDIC will you know credit it to you and uh, give it back to you and you know it'll be it'll be your money again but if you go beyond if you lose beyond $200,000 then the FDIC won't cover you and these banks, they lost, I don't know, $5 billion, I think it was. And um, so that's where, you know, we, we did talk about having a Navajo banking system to where the tribe would have its own money, um, even though it's, you know, based off of U.S. currency. But it would have its own money, and um, it would pretty much um, revolutionize the way this um, – dene Utopia that I'm talking about, it would definitely have its place in history to, to achieve that. And, you know, people would say, well, you know, with the Navajo banking system, that was a, the, the, reservation was the first one to try it. I don't know if any's that have done it ever. So, but I'm just saying that that would definitely be pretty cool, but I just don't trust, you know, Navajos because, you know, what is it about? stealing that they just love man, especially when it comes down to money. It's like you can make money if you invest, damn it, you know, become an entrepreneur, start up a 501c3, start up a 638. Don't just, uh, you know, look at the money that's there and say, oh, well, I'm going to steal that because I'm entitled to, or because now I'm in a position where nobody can question me and I won't get in trouble. You know, it's like, there's always somebody else to, uh, up higher to answer to, but you know, with our tribal judicial system, it is a joke, man. Just like that ugly buck tooth, witch that stole money from Clagato veterans nonprofit and took our shirts. And, uh, that faggot ass, uh, judge, uh, Malcolm Begay, he didn't even, uh, you know, didn't even do anything to her, let her get away with it. You know? So that whole thing right there is, you know, is, is a joke. And, um, so going through an actual banking system, you know, that would definitely be something where I think it would really be helpful to let the elderly know, look, man, you got this much money. So, you know, don't spend it on anything. Um, If you, if you reach your $5 limit, we're going to freeze your account because we don't want you to overdraft. You know, that would be something that would be pretty cool because then When their grandkids go into town and they're going to go eat at a fancy restaurant with their buddies and they want to pay, then that card comes back, says, you know, card declined and, you know, and let's say the elderly, they've got, eh, let's say they got $14 in their account and their spoiled little piece of shit grandkid wants to take their friends out to go eat and they go to a buffet and let's say that goes up to about six fifty-seven dollars Well, right away, automatically, the Navajo banking system would stop that, you know, um, that transaction. So then they're kind of screwed right there. So that's the type of thing that I want. I, I wish to see, and I hope that it happens, but if it doesn't, that's all right. And if someone says, well, native ravager, that type of shit ain't possible. The, you know, you'd have to go through the courts. Um, you'd have to go through legislation to change all this. You got to go to the main bank of, you know, of the United States, you know, you got to make a difference. I mean, not make a difference. You got to set up, set up your pitch there and let them know what's up, you know? And all that, I would just be like, well, you know, it's just a thought, man. You know, it's good to have different thoughts. It, It keeps me from thinking about, you know, all the, all the money that I lost so far, you know, just, just living out here on the res, you know, where we all get suckered in, you know, nobody's perfect, but, um, you know, that's where I definitely would like to see something like that. And then also, um, with, uh, John Boyden, you know, I talked about him before where he became like the first, um, well, the first white guy to be a part of the tribal council, just to get that, uh, coal mine, coal out there, Peabody coal mine, um, out in, um, uh, shit was at Black Mesa. And, um, that's where that's where pretty much money became a factor as far as that goes in, in our, for our modern times, you know, and this was back in the 1920s, 1926, 25, 24. And, um, so he was making uh shit. What was it like $3 million and then his investors were split into 2 million or something like that. But he was making a lot of money off of that, uh, coal mine. And then when, however, he worked it out with the local natives. He told them, Oh yeah, you guys will get some money. And he only gave them like I uh, I don't know, like 75 cents or some, something like that. It, it was like a really low cut deal. And so it, him and his family and their bros, you know, they benefit off of all that. And while these Navajos up in that area, they're just like, wait, what happened? Uh, where's our money? You know? And they're like, Oh, well, You already signed a contract that, you know, you won't get any money. And they're like, Well, you know, I was promised and this is what I was told. And it's like, yeah, but you see this, you put your thumbprint here, and that's what means that you agree. And they'll be like, Well, I don't speak I don't read English, you know, I don't know what the fuck that says, you know. And then they might be like, Well, that's too bad. That's your fault. You don't speak English, you got suckered out, and case closed, leave us alone. Uh have a good day, you know. So That's another reason why that, um, you know, I wanted to become the Clagato veterans, uh, commander, you know, I did tell the, the local yokels that, um, if they put me in as commander, I'll conduct things in English and it'll be done faster, but I'll have interpreters to really get the more technical jargon down. And that's, uh, you know, and that's where it would, you know, really help. But they were like, oh, well, you know, we need a commander that can speak Navajo and, you know, he can do all this and he can speak it fluently. And it's like, oh, what the fuck ever, man. All right, fine. Hey, you know what? You want this dude? Go for it. So now there's nothing going on. So that ain't my fault. You know, I I did try. And then um, so the other thing that uh, about this uh, Navajo financial system as far as trying to reach that Deneh utopia that I'm thinking of and uh, was the land resources. That's like a big thing right there, man. We got to really, we got to really be smart about it. How much to sell, how much to keep because there is a lot of uranium on the, around the reservation. And you know, there are some places where they already struck oil. So those families, they don't got to worry about shit. They get royalties. Off of that, and even though they don't own their land, you know that that's fine by them as long as they got that money. But for everybody else, you know, it's like, well, you know, we have there's uranium, but if you take that, what, what, what then happens to the land? Because if they start digging for that uranium and they find another precious uh, resource in there they're going to be like oh well you know now we got to find a way to get this and we'll have these guys sign this contract we'll fill it with so much mumbo jumbo that the or legal mumbo jumbo that these navajos won't know how to read it and you know they'll just sign it because they'll get frustrated and they'll give up and they're like oh, okay yeah go ahead you know then next thing you know there goes navajo land it's all shrinking 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 and people are getting getting money and they're getting in car accidents because they're being cursed or you know their family members are just being cursed with alcoholism and, um, you know, causing crashes or just dying from it and all that stuff. So it, it's a very delicate dance in a way, but at the same time, um, you know, another thing that makes me wonder, uh, about this, you know, the Navajo financial system that we got currently is the, the stock market. The Navajo Nation veterans, uh, they have their own account with the stock market, New York Stock Exchange, and from the way I hear it, um, we're not allowed to touch it, but it's there, and our stock brokers that are watching over it, they're the ones that are buying the new suits and driving the brand new cars, the sports cars, and they're living it up, and while we're over here struggling, and I don't know. I don't remember who was the one to put that in motion, but somebody did that. It might've been Peterson Zaw. Um, but, but then again, I just don't remember. It's, It's too much research to do, you know, I'm trying to keep up. But, um, so what ended up happening was that money got sent over there. Um, and then people just kind of forgot about it later on. Somebody just happened to stumble upon it and checked it out and found out there was like, uh, $4 billion that it grew into or something like that, three or 4 billion. And so that's where it all started to raise up ass hairs and everybody started running around like, Oh, how are we going to get this money? How are we going to get this money? And then somewhere in between there, that's where, uh, the, the money was taken out and taken to, um, twin arrows to build a casino (laughs) on the promise that they would give it back to the veterans. And then, what do you know to this day, nothing. And nobody's really checking up on it. And I figured that would have been something our current, uh, Navajo executive director would be doing, you know, going down there and saying, Hey, look, man, you know, we're, we're tired of this shit. And we want that money because, you know, we're all suffering here and, you know, we need to get shit done. And that would have been very beneficial. You know, it would would at least helped out in some way, even if, uh, Even if the the casino didn't give us the money, it would have been great just to know that somebody had enough guts to actually go over there and, you know, inquire about it. And the fact that, you know, the tribe has all this money for the veterans, but yet they can't touch it. I mean, what kind of stupid garbage is that? So that's why with this nonprofit, you know, I've been trying to build it up, but, you know, I keep falling into these, um, uh, situations where I have to hurry up and wait, excuse me. And then, um, you know, like our, our Clagato, um, commander, you know, there ain't much he can do anyways. And it's like, and I don't want to tell him what to do. Cause for one thing he'll feel emasculated, like, uh, oh, this younger guy he's, he, you know, he's, 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 um, making me look silly because he's out thinking me and he's telling me that I could do this. Or he could be like, well, that's too much work. I don't want to do it. You do it and then tell me the results so that way I can take the credit for it later once you're done. So that's pretty much the type of uh, relationship that would, you know, know, arise from that. So so the only thing I could say that could really help out this agency, uh, as far as Fort Defines Veteran Agency goes, is probably to turn it into that 638 program. And they um they would get money directly from Washington, DC, rather than it filtering to the Navajo Nation and then going through the executive and the legislative and possibly judicial and and then slowly starts to disappear by the time it comes down to the veteran. It's like, oh well, we don't have enough. Or you can only apply for $120. You know, it's like, what kind of bullshit is that? You know? So that's why looking into this if we, if the way I'm thinking, if we want to reach that Navajo utopia to have, um, life better and to be the way it was, you know, these are some of the things that I think would contribute to it. And like I say, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I really don't care. I'm not trying to be right about anything. I'm just, I'm just trying to run my mouth and just kind of give out content and uh, just let uh, let you loyal horn toad listeners, uh, arrive to your own conclusion and possibly if you can improve it, then go for it, man, go do it. You know, everybody's got some certain special gift that they bring to this world. So if all these gifts work together, yeah, yeah shit, anything is possible, you know? And anyway, so that's where I just wanted to make sure that, um, I get that out of my system because, uh, as far as finances go, you know, we do a pretty terrible job at keeping track of money. And then to make things worse, um, trying to ask James Jones to come to Nav to the Clagato chapter house and do his presentation on, um, Navajo veterans, financial, um, financial, ah, shit, what was it? Financial class, like how to be more responsible for it right there. That's where, uh, he ended up charging us $3,500 as a quote. I was like, oh shit. So I, you know, stuff like that. That's where I'm like, you know, you want to help out your people, but then at the same time, if you do, they know how to take advantage of it and they know how to screw you over in a way. And while James Jones is over here trying to say, look, man, this is what I do. This is what I can help out with. You know, it's like, oh man, it's so awesome. It's just, you just charge too goddamn much there, buddy. You know, and if he were to say, well, you have a nonprofit and you guys got a lot of money there, it's like, well, that really has nothing to do with hiring a motivational speaker to talk to these veterans about, you know, learning how to be more responsible with their money. And then, you know, just kind of keeping it in that, uh, in that field right there. So you know, all that being said is just pretty much uh, my thoughts on how it could be possible to achieve that utopia status and everything that the modern uh, elders are saying now, you know, apparent, obviously they won't be around to uh, see it and, you know, kind of see what's going on then. But it would definitely benefit their, their lineage, their grandkids, their great grandkids and all that, but they need that certain structure to follow or else they're just going to, you know, fall apart, uh, whatever, whatever concepts they're trying to push whatever projects and programs at that time, you know, probably won't go through, but anyways, um, so I'm, a, once again, reaching my 20 minute mark, I've been really yapping away here. Uh, So that was pretty much my take on the, the current Navajo financial system being that foundation to build off of, to get ready for the next group that wants to try something and, or they might have the abilities to do it, the smarts and the technology to do it. But anyways, uh, that's going to do it for that segment. So let's go ahead and jump on to the fourth segment of this uh, episode 12 And we'll get that started, get that going. And this one coming up will be Futurized Domestic Violence.